You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN, Episode 75. I'm Rashan, a.k.a. Roro, and today I'm joined by Dan, a.k.a. the Halo Man, Daniel Prindle. Yeah. How are you doing today, Daniel? <laughs> Great. We're here. We did it. Tons of we news. Did it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot that we have to talk about. Big thank you to everyone listening and watching live. We record every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, Just search podcast PXN on YouTube or on Twitch and you'll find us. Today's topic of the show is all the PlayStation news. We're going to be talking about the VR stuff, the games that are potentially coming to PC. And of course, the state of play. Maybe we'll give our little predictions as to what we may see tomorrow. But before we get into that, there's still a lot in the news that we have to talk about. And we're going to start off with the PXN News of the Week. So starting off this week is Anthem and Next has officially been canceled. So we're starting off with some not-so-happy news. <laughs> uh, Christian Daly, the uh, executive producer over there at Bioware, uh, announced this on the Bioware blog. And she, uh, this is what she, she, she says. So I'm reading from her post here. In the spirit of transparency and closure, we wanted to share that we've made a difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, aka Anthem Next. We will, however, continue to keep Anthem Live ser- the live service running as it exists today. Uh, since Anthem's launch, the team has been working hard to continually improve the game, releasing multiple updates that brought with them a variety of improvements and introduced new content to play. Towards the end of 2019, we expanded the effort and started working on more fundamental restructure of the game. Uh, she continues saying that COVID-19 kind of played a, a role in or a factor in the development having to shut down. And of course, we had the earlier uh, reports that EA was kind of looking into it a bit further. And you could probably imagine that they didn't see the worth in Bioware continuing this. So they obviously shut it down as well. But uh, Christina or Chris, Christian, sorry, um, shares her disappointment with the community and apologizes for it being disconnected and being discontinued rather. Um, but of course, she also mentions that she, uh, all hands are on deck for Dragon Age, Mass Effect, and the Star Wars: uh, The Old Republic. So definitely some sad news. Kind of not surprising news though, but mm. sad all all the same. Uh, what did you think about this? Yeah, I think uh, I think we like we had this discussion when it was first talked about. I guess Jason Schreier from Kotaku was kind of the one who, or not Kotaku anymore. He's a business Bloomberg. You're right. I think Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he was kind of the first to report it, and I think I said at the time I was like, yeah, I just I don't think that they're gonna, you know bring this back i just there's not really a population of players there that it made sense for them to even entertain this because why why put out updates for a game that was already unsuccessful and yeah there was some cool base uh gameplay there like the whole jetpack thing that was what people were so excited about from the get-go because they were like man this is like iron man except you know not it's not iron man but it it was similar uh so I think that it's probably best for Bioware to just say, hey, it wasn't a success. Let's just move on. Uh, start focusing on just Dragon Age and Mass Effect again, which they did so well with last gen, or I guess not last gen, but 360 gen uh, mm-hmm. slash PS3. 
Um, so I think this is, uh, in, at the end of the day, I think this is good news because hopefully that means that the next Mass Effect game is going to be actually amazing again, like the original trilogy. So Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I'm excited for the, the team to hopefully move on to, like you were saying, the other uh, games that are upcoming. It is a bummer that uh, Anthem won't see, we won't see it, Anthem's full potential. Hopefully that's what they were working on. We may never see it. Uh, see, it may never see the light of day. Um, you were talking about how the jetpacking and how it feels like Iron Man. I, and I love the core gameplay of Anthem. And I feel like it nailed Iron Man better than Marvel's Avengers did by Spurhenix. <laughs> I feel like that felt better than how Iron Man feels in that game. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a bummer. But as you said, not not surprising. Um, but moving on to our next story, GameStop CFO has resigned. Um, uh-oh, whoopsie. Uh-oh. I, I closed the link here <laughs> for that one if you just give me a moment to pull it back yeah. up. But it's it's as you can expect, GameStop CFO has resigned. GameStop has announced its chief financial officer will depart next month. Uh, Jim Bell, who holds... Uh, who also holds the position of executive vice president will resign from his roles at the U.S. retailer on March 26th. In a statement, uh, GameStop says it has already begun seeking a replacement CFO calling uh, in an executive search uh, within the firm to help with this process. They're looking at internal and external candidates. Um, They say if Jim Bell, if they haven't replaced Jim Bell by the time he leaves, they're just going to appoint... Vice President and Chief Accounting Officer Diana Jaje, I think is how you say her name. Yeah. But um, yeah, iGen also reports that he got a severance bonus of two point eight million, which is twice his base salary and target annual bonus, according to iGen, uh, because he left for a good reason, according to the GameStop's SEC fillings. There is no additional information on what that reason is, but he left for a good reason, apparently. Mm. Um, but yeah, this it also, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about that. But uh, his departure obviously is should be mentioned that follows the short squeeze on GameStop stock and all that craziness that's happening again right now as we speak. Yeah. The stock just skyrocketed again. Um, so that's obviously, I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, the online investment communities kind of raising the price and trying to make the increase the losses. Uh, by short sellers and all that stuff. So that's also maybe a factor in his his leaving. I don't know. He is the financial officer. <laughs> so I'm not sure. But uh, GameStop has been in the news, and it, it never seems to be for good news recently. No. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> I think it's funny. He had a good reason to leave. Yeah, he was leaving GameStop. <laughs> that's the only good reason you need. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I think we all pretty much at this point know that GameStop is going to go away at probably in the next five years, but definitely in the next 10 years. And that's clear by the way the games are actually moving right now to all digital format. It's not like it's not, it's not even the same as like movies and stuff where movies have a lot of streaming stuff right now. I don't see movies going away physically anytime soon, but games are so much more, accessible i guess with the consoles because the consoles have the built-in stores that you see all of the promos for and all the sales and steam sales and all of the other other things that come with digital content like they i just feel like gamestop with them being so focused on just video games eventually 
that's they're gonna be gone. So yes, his good reason was he's leaving GameStop. <laughs> my goodness, and he got two point eight million to do so. Man, oh yeah, my, that's good insane. <laughs> yeah, and and as you were saying, like GameSpot just fo- GameStop, sorry, just focusing on um, games has more and more been its downfall with digital becoming such a a huge part of the industry and people just not needing it anymore and and they've tried different things mm. but obviously covid didn't help with they they they've been making like uh more hospitable I, I i don't know how to how to describe this um more, comfy yeah com- comfy like a hangout. Uh, yeah like a yeah. like a hangout area in their places like to have like a coffee shop i guess mm-hmm. kind of atmosphere in in game stops yeah. So they were definitely trying something, but they never got the chance to kind of see it through or maybe nobody had interest anyway. Mm. But I know I personally wouldn't want to hang out at a GameStop, but that's just me. No. But yeah, well, we'll see. But I, I definitely agree that GameStop is going downhill, as as we can see by these headlines and just the history for the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, moving on to our next story, talking about bad news, Cyberpunk 2077 next big patch has been delayed due to CD Projekt Red's hacks, so they say. Uh, patch 1.2 is moved to feb- from February to March. Uh, this comes from their Twitter account, CB, uh, Cyberpunk. I, every time I see Cyberpunk, I want to <laughs> say CD Projekt Red. I told, talked to you guys yeah. about this last week. I don't know why. I see Cyberpunk, but like, let's say CD Projekt Red. No. Anyways, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077's Twitter account. Uh, they posted this uh, on February 24th, so today, actually. Uh, while we dearly wanted to deliver patch 1.2 for Cyberpunk 2077 in the time span we detailed previously, the recent cyber attack on the studio's IT's infrastructure and extensive scope of the update mean this unfortunately will not happen. We'll need some additional time. So as you know, the Cyberpunk that... Uh, the C? Oh my god! The, cy- the, the cyber attack that happened at CD Projekt Red... Um, was a big one, according to what they're telling us, and the data that was stolen was sold on the black market. So a lot of catching up they they need to do internally, getting those stuff back. I'm, I'm sure they have backups, as we talked about a while ago, but there's a lot of running around that that they, they are doing that kind of push back uh, their previous goal of February. Uh, they also write our patch goal, uh, our, our goal for patch 1.2 goes beyond any of our previous updates. Uh, we've been working on overall quality improvements and fixes, and we still have work to do to make sure that's uh, what you get. With that in mind, we're now aiming to release in the second half of March. Um, Daniel, what do you think about this being a delay? Is that expected? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so after after their whole hacking incident, uh, I I kind of expected something like this to, to happen uh, just because working in the IT field, uh, I know how insane it would be if our stuff got hacked, and and this is no different because essentially, whenever they were hacked, their IT team would have had to have shut them down completely because everyone working from home right now would be shut out of their systems. They would have to shut off all connectivity to the outside world, internet, and everything. So nobody at CD Projekt Red could have been working during that time that they did that uh, because in order to secure their environment, they have to shut everyone out 
that's the first step. The second step is clean up what whatever they did to infect their system and then restore the data from backups um, for, to wherever they need to restore it to. So uh, w- just with having an IT background, I understand how complicated that is. And like knowing like they I'm sure they have a ton of people that were working on this and not just their own IT team. I'm sure they brought in outside people to help them as well, because it it is a lot. Uh, if something like that were to happen to my job, for instance, it, it would be it would be a pain in the butt for sure. Um, so that's why you kind of have to you have to give them the benefit of the doubt on this particular circumstance and like we can argue all day about whether or not, you know, the game shouldn't have came out to begin with. But in this case, they were probably genuinely wanting it and thinking it would come out in February. But with the hacking, it did probably set them back quite a bit. So definitely. How How is your cyberpunk? 2077 gameplay going have you gone back to it have you finished it no (laughs) no i uh so i I played it for a few hours and i i kind of got to the point where i was like okay i don't want to play this until it's at a more complete state but i don't want to wait until fall when the next gen version comes because i know halo infinite is going to just eat me all of my time right there. So uh, I don't want to do that. Um, So I'm thinking hopefully by the summer, they'll have uh, pretty substantial patches out where I can actually go in and and play it start to finish. And I know it's not as bad on next gen, but I I just, I'd like to have like a more complete experience if that makes sense. Yeah. If you're going to, I totally understand that. If you're going to continue playing it, you're going to want it at the best possible place that it's at to just to get the best experience out of it for sure um but yeah i haven't gone back i don't have it actually i I refunded it so i don't know (laughs) how i would have gone back to the view if i wanted to but uh yeah it's i i I hope to go back to it someday but like you i hope to play it in its finished state um but moving on to the next story this is a big one blizzcon happened uh i guess last weekend like i don't don't remember the exact date yeah i think it was over the weekend Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of stuff came out of it. So we're going to go through some of the announcements, talk about our, I guess, highlights from it. But I'm just going to go through the the list of them here, and and I'll ask you what you what you think about them. Yeah. Um. So the first one is Blizzard Arcade Collection. So Blizzard is bringing back some of its classic games, uh, launching. Well, back then it says launching today, <laughs> but it would have been when this happened (laughs) so on pc so it's out now everybody (laughs) uh it's on pc and consoles the collection features uh the lost vikings black thorn and uh or throne sorry i think so yeah throne (laughs) and rock and roll racing both uh their classic and newly enhanced formats um so super cool i i love when companies bring back their hidden gems or classic games for fans that really care about their hidden gems and classic games. So I, I love when they do stuff like this. So how do, how do you feel about the Blizzard Arcade Collection? Do you have any attachment to any of those games at all? To be honest, no. Uh, and, uh, to be honest, uh, in general, I don't really have much experience with Blizzard until, uh, I guess, semi-recently because uh, Diablo 3, I believe it came out originally on 360 
Diablo 3 did, and then I got the Xbox One version as well. I might be wrong in that, but <laughs> I got it either late 360 or early Xbox One gen, and I love Diablo 3, and that was really my first, like, jump into, like, a Blizzard game. So uh, before that, I really had no experience with Blizzard, so none of these games really mean anything to me, but it's cool for people that, you know, maybe have been missing these games. So. Yeah. Definitely. I'm in the same boat. Blizzard is a it's kind of a uh, blind spot for me with a lot of their titles besides Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously I'm going to talk a lot about that when we get to get there. But a lot of what's on this list is just not something that I'm interested in. I'll ask you before I say it. Are you into World of Warcraft? Nope. Not no, at all. Okay, then I'll, then I'll just say that say what was announced and we'll move on to Diablo, which I know you're into. Yes. So World of Warcraft Shadow Patch. Uh, Shadowlands patch 9.1 Chains of Dominion has been announced. So more Shadowlands content for World of Warcraft, a new location, new quest, and 10 boss uh, and a new 10 boss raid. Oh my gosh. Wow. That sounds awesome, actually. Wow. <laughs> Have fun with that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade classic expansion announced. Uh, Blizzard uh, continued its trip down memory lane during the opening ceremony with the burning crusade classic an expansion coming later this year um and apparently it was initially leaked by a press, uh, press kit so a lot of fans apparently saw this one coming but more uh content for wow classic pretty cool and hearthstone stuff i i don't even know what to say about this one it's obviously the the card game uh similar to i guess gwent you could uh, yep. compare it to at BlizzCon 2021, it was revealed that Hearthstone is getting its very own uh, Warcraft-themed expansion. So, new cards. Awesome. As for the new Mercenaries mode, Blizzard says it will feature roguelike missions and strategic uh, RPG gameplay. All right. So and now we got... Roro, yeah, so, okay. I, I kind of lied a little bit there because oh, okay. I believe I started playing Hearthstone before I played Diablo 3. Oh, uh, okay. It came out in 2014. I just looked it up, uh, and I think that Diablo 3 came out after that on console. So I played that Hearthstone a ton during college, like waiting between classes. I absolutely mm -hmm. love that game as well. I haven't played it in a very long time, like probably since college I haven't played it, but uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I love that, and I, I love that they continue to support it. So There was a there was definitely a moment in time where I played a, a bit of Hearthstone hearthstone as well i got i didn't get very hardcore into it but yeah i, I played a, a bit of Hearthstone, and it is a good game i did enjoy my time with it and it, i agree awesome that they're still supporting it for sure but now getting into the diablo stuff for for daniel diablo yes. 4 a rogue class trailer was revealed and what a brutal trailer it was with all the, the decapitated ears on the 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 uh, the pews with the priests in there. Oh my gosh! Just in time for <laughs> Blizzard's usual quarterly developer update, we were given our first look at Diablo 4's role class with an eerily dark cinematic trailer. IGN interviewed uh, game director Louis Bar Bar Bariga Bariga, who went into the mode into more detail about the newly revealed class and Diablo 4's PvP. Um. Yeah, so the, the trailer looked really cool. The gameplay for this class looked fun as heck. Um, Daniel may be able to speak better to it than, than I could, but it looked fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just like the reason I love Diablo is just it's just so chaotic and so much fun. <laughs> like 
I just love the whole top-down atmosphere and like these different creatures going after you, and you just you have so many weapons at your disposal. I love how all the classes kind of uh, act very differently than one another, which I've heard from a lot of people. That's one of the coolest parts is going back through another playthrough of Diablo as a different class because it plays very different. Um, this new class looks really awesome, which I think I think this is a, a return from either Diablo 1 or 2. Uh, the Rogue class, I think, was in one of those games that they're bringing it back for 4. Um, but yes, it looks really good. And the action-y sequences is what I love so much. Like when you have a hundred people on screen and you're, you're shooting your arrows all around you and you're casting like fire up and it's just, oh, it's so good. And the environmental effects look really good in Diablo four as well. And obviously this is still early in development. So, well, not early, but you know what I mean? It still has a lot of time before it's coming out. Uh, so very excited uh, for more Diablo action for sure. And yeah, that good. might not be all the Diablo we have come. Yes. As Daniel just hinted, Diablo 2 Resurrected has been announced as well. Uh, BlizzCon 2021 has even more nostalgia for us, this time announcing Diablo 2 Resurrected and confirming it will launch on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and of course, the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um, so fantastic. They're bringing back a uh, fantastic game yes. for yeah more more nostalgia, as, as they said here. Uh, have you, I'm, I'm assuming you've played Diablo 2. Are you I, excited about this one? I have not. So Ooh. Diablo 3 was the first I played in the series because I never yes. played on PC. I put, And that, uh, Diablo 3 was the first one that was on console. Diablo 2 is looking very good though the new resurrected because they're doing a basically a halo anniversary treatment so uh all the visuals are being uh updated and like textures are brand new textures and everything but they're gonna have a uh button much like uh halo anniversary where you press a button and it goes and shows you what the graphics looked like before and you can play in that original style or you press it again and you go into the newer anniversary style or resurrection resurrected style i guess is what this is called uh and you can play in the new version which looks so freaking good and oh and it's funny it it looks really good but it's visually very different than what diablo 4 is going for because i'm assuming it's just a very different stylized game um but yes uh, it's very 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 pretty looking uh so i'm excited <laughs> to uh kind of dive into it and kind of be a little teaser before we get Diablo 4, I guess. Definitely. And I love that uh that feature where you can switch back between the original graphics and the new graphics. It's a feature that I really like in in Halo as as well. Yes. So I love I love the option there. But moving on to stuff that I'm super excited for is Overwatch 2 news. We didn't get a release date or word on a beta at BlizzCon 2021, but we did get a nice behind the scenes panel. Uh, with various developers that are working on the team. And we got a lot of interesting details from the Overwatch uh, team on on what they're working on. And of course, we got, I'll start off by saying we got some new maps. So we got a look at Rome, at New York. Um, I think there was uh, some India as well. Maybe maybe I'm speaking as to what we saw or before 
this, but we definitely got New York and we definitely got Rome. Yeah. And holy heck, do those maps look beautiful? <laughs> yeah. Like I love the the like they like they said in the in the the, the panel that they put they try to stay true to what the place actually looks like, but obviously add their own Overwatch um, spin on it, and it looks so futuristic, but still so modern at the same time. I'm just super excited to explore these uh these maps because they look beautiful and um to what else do they say here new york is recreated in a 1920s art deco style yes and with sci-fi elements woven in yeah so the art that they showed was just absolutely fantastic for not only the the maps but the uh the characters as well they showed off uh sojourn who is a new character coming in Overwatch 2. She has a railgun. She's from Canada as well, so Canada represent. Right. She her <laughs> oh yeah, they showed off Toronto was another one is another map that they showed off as well. So they have dynamic weather on some of their places as well. So there was some sandstorms uh, shown off on a couple of maps and Toronto had a, a blizzard going on. So it obviously affects your your visibility and that could help or hinder you in, in battle for sure. Blizzard. Um, there's a no, lot. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. No. There's a there's a lot of um of s- single player stuff that they showed off to, which I'm mm. super excited for. Um, the the hero missions are places that are that are PvP missions actually that you can uh, level up your hero. So there's skill trees now for each individual character. Um, there's cinematics in this in the story mode trailer that start and end each mission, so that we're getting a lot more story woven into the actual gameplay, which is something I'm excited about. Everything that they showed off in that in that um, panel was something that had me drooling. I, I don't know how, about you, Daniel, how you felt about what we saw on Overwatch 2. Yeah, uh, I think it looks really awesome, and uh, I was one of the ones saying like. When they first announced Overwatch 2, it almost felt like it was just like a, you know, expansion. Uh, it very much felt like, well, here's Overwatch, but, you know, a little bit different visuals, uh, a little bit different, you know, new maps, new modes, stuff like that. And I was always questioning, like, is this actually going to be like a full-fledged sequel? Because this is kind of a weird announcement. But now I feel like I'm a lot more excited now than I was before and uh man that that new york map looks super Mm -hmm. freaking cool like that when they were talking about the architecture and like matching like the architecture of new york and like trying to change that into like a sci-fi setting to make it fit the overwatch uh theme it was oh it looks so good um and also i i think that I think that the campaign is probably the other thing that I'm very excited for because obviously Overwatch doesn't really have that. I think they have some kind of like single player thing. They had like a a couple of co-op events, like PVE events. I think it was called uh, the, it had something to do with the, the enemies like Reaper, um, Widowmaker and two other characters would team up to fight the the robot null sector i think it was called null sector actually i'm not sure oh <laughs> there was that and then and there was another one with tracer and reinhardt they would team up to fight the omnics as as well so they did have a couple but not not obviously on this scale yeah not like a full-fledged campaign with like you know yeah. cinematics to start and end. and that's what's yeah. so exciting because I, f- I feel like their um their shorts that they put out for for their new characters and stuff whenever they would reveal new characters was always very cool 
Um, and I always wanted like that, except in like a campaign format. So I think it's very interesting that they're going to go down that path now and, uh, and just see like how, what this turns into. I want to see what these characters, uh, and these writers can do with these characters in this world. I think it's very, very cool for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'm so excited for, for the story mode in particular. Like you said, I love what they, 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 they said they weren't impressed enough with what they showed in 2019 in terms of the PVE uh, interactions with the the enemies, like player and enemy interactions. So they they really showed off how interactive the the enemies are when they get hit by bullets, and yeah. it, it looks awesome. And like everything that they showed off, I don't know how else to explain it, but I'm definitely uh, excited for whenever we get to play this game, which doesn't seem to be anytime soon. And uh, unfortunately. And to your point, uh, I just read that the so the India there's an India map, there's a Gothenburg map, Toronto map that were that those are all campaign uh, missions. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're they have on here that they're custom building the campaign story missions as well, which is super cool that they're not just you know copying and pasting the multiplayer maps. That's very cool. Oh man, I can't wait! Can't yes. wait. Um, but in other news, <laughs> Drew Murray is back at Insomniac Games. So earlier this week, actually, Daniel, you brought this to my attention yes. that Drew Murray is after it's, this. Is, I'm just going to read what he said here. I guess 10 years, five games and six job titles just wasn't enough. I'm excited to be rejoining my rejoining many friends and former colleagues at Insomniac Games as a principal designer. That makes me that takes me to my seventh job title. Now I just need to work on work to work some days and make some games, right? So as he said, he's worked with Insomniac before and he left, but now he's back. <laughs> he, uh, I believe you told me he was, or I believe I, I mentioned that he was on the Xbox side before and I was coming back to the PlayStation side of things uh, now that Insomniac's under the PlayStation tree. So he works on Sunset Overdrive for Xbox yeah. and I was coming back to work on Ratchet and Clank, I assume, or or whatever else he may be working on. Yeah, but this was really interesting news. What do you What do you think? Yeah, and uh, and he was starting uh, development on Perfect Dark with uh, with the initiative, yeah. obviously. So uh, that's what's very fascinating because uh, we just talked about this. Uh, me and Sean did, and you, I believe, talked about this on uh, on uh, the other podcast. I can't remember the name. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel bad for forgetting the name now. <laughs> I don't remember uh, <laughs> Yes. Uh, but uh, I think it's very fascinating because he said at the time that it was a personal decision that he was leaving and that he was still very excited for Perfect Dark. And so now I was like, at first when this came out, I was like, wait a minute, uh, that doesn't make sense. I thought he was stepping away from games. But then I kind of thought about it. I was like, well, these are two different locations, so it, it very well could be like maybe his family didn't want to live in Santa Monica anymore because uh, while both of them are based in California, Santa Monica is like over an hour away from uh, Burbank, I believe, is where Insomniac is at. Um, so that's quite a ways away if maybe he has kids i'm not sure what his situation is if he has kids or you know if his wife has family that are in burbank or what it is but um i I guess that side of it makes sense to me now um it's super awesome that he's returning to insomniac just because he made such great stuff with them including the original spider-man and 
uh, Ratchet and Clank um, as well, and as well as Sunset Overdrive, like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, very excited that he's coming back in. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't. I I don't know why I didn't put together that he was the the same gentleman from from the the who stepped away, like you mentioned from yes. from uh, from that studio earlier. I didn't realize that at all. So that that is interesting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that he's back because obviously a very talented guy. Having all all of those games underneath his belt, having him back in the industry is definitely good news. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on to our next story, Mass Effect uh, project has been teased by Henry Cavill, possibly mm-hmm. Henry Cavill, who was already. Uh, Already brought, who has already brought Gerald to life in Netflix's The Witcher, has just tested or just teased that he may be working on a project set in the Mass Effect universe. I apologize for my terrible reading today. <laughs> my, I, I apologize. Um, he shared a photo on Instagram with uh, with the words "secret project?" question mark or just a handful of paper with random words on it. Guess we'll just have to wait and see. But some keen-eyed fans or people with super amazing technology zoomed in with uh, their super amazing technology and found some specific names that do have references in the Mass Effect universe, those names being Cerberus, Tali Zora, and Geth. You can tell me if I mispronounced those because I haven't played Mass Effect yet, so I may have. (laughs) But those are some names that are recognized by many Mass Effect fans out there. And apparently the text that was shown was actually pulled directly from the Mass Effect 3's Wikipedia page, so it's pretty likely that he is working on some Mass Effect something. It could be a TV show, he could be lending his voice work to um, a game, possibly, but what we're looking at here, it seems like he's getting ready for a shoot of some kind. So I, I do think it's more live action than a game, but we, we don't know. Could be mocap stuff, who knows. But uh, yeah. what do you think about about what this is? Do you think we are getting a Mass Effect <laughs> something from henry cavill um possibly i and it may just be the fact that they have henry cavill in the next mass effect game that's coming that we know is in development um that's just what i i they've had big (laughs) yeah they've had big actors before like martin sheen is probably one of the uh biggest ones that i could think of who he played the elusive man um and he's he's a huge um hollywood actor at least he was at one point um but uh i feel like that definitely could be a possibility especially since henry cavill is such a big gamer and uh he's you know been well known on the record to love video games so it would not surprise me at all for him to be in a big rpg like the next mass effect game because he loves uh the witcher which is another big rpg so yeah, I, I think that would be super cool uh, just to see what he can can do with that. But yeah, yeah, and like you said, we'll just have to wait and see for now. But I'm definitely excited to play the Mass Effect trilogy someday, yeah. eventually soon with the Legendary Collection. Yes. And uh, yeah, very excited soon. for very soon. Oh my gosh, May is just right around the corner. Mm-hmm. My goodness. But moving on to our next story, uh, one that we see very often, well, not very often, but every so often, it keeps rearing its ugly head. Um, (laughs) Some 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 politicians would like to get rid of violent games once again, uh, blaming the video game industry for problems that it has not caused. But I'm reading from GameStop. ESA responds to call for games like GTA to be banned. 
In a story that seems to occur every few months, a politician is blaming violent video games for contributing to real-life crime. The organization uh, that defends the video game industry across USA has released a statement in response to the Chicago lawmakers' plan to ban the sale of video games. Just all of them. Ban them all. The ESA, which also organized E3 this year, said in a statement that there is no evidence of a connection between video games and violence as studies have shown. While industry understands and shares the concerns about uh, what has been happening in Chicago, there simply is no evidence of a link between interactive entertainment and real world violence, um, which I would agree with. Yes. (laughs) And it seems like we keep having to say this over and over every time they bring it up. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, I feel like there's there's a lot more time and effort that you're putting into this that could be spent elsewhere that may actually mm-hmm. see a, a solution to some of these problems that they seem to be having yeah um but yeah that's that's where i stand on it and i'm sure that's where most people do yeah uh yeah but uh, when, when we get <laughs> whenever we get politicians involved in literally anything it's always a bad idea for the sure. most part like it's so, uh this is such a terrible, terrible idea. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, literally, the bill was called, I think, Grand Theft Auto, which is Gosh. stupid. <laughs> what? Nobody goes and plays Grand Theft Auto and, you know, hijacks a vehicle in Grand Theft Auto and says, man, I really want to go outside and hijack some vehicles today. That's not how that works. And like you said, Roro, that's there's been so many studies that have proven that this is complete bullshit and false. And people continue to feed this stupidity. And I just don't understand it. And for the people that say, you know, uh, kids shouldn't be playing this. Well, of course, kids shouldn't be playing this. That's why it's rated M for mature. That's why Grand Theft Auto has mature content, adult content in it that I would not want a kid playing. Like a little kid should not be playing that. Absolutely. But that's up to the adult to be the adult and supervise the children and say, no, you cannot play this game. You can go play this other game that may be rated T or sometimes there are M rated games that even I would, you know, there's certain games that are rated M that would make sense for kids to play like uh, Call of Duty, for instance. I don't feel like is super crazy, like for like a 10 to 12 year old to play or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it all comes down to the, the adults need to inform themselves about the video games and decide for themselves what the kids should be playing. Politicians should not have any force or, or any controlling factor over this whatsoever. It's, ugh, I hate yeah. stuff like this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me too. And, and I agree. I think it just comes down to the adult in the room and sometimes the people playing the M-rated game, most of the times people playing the M-rated games are adults. And I yeah. think they have the, the mental capacity not to go out and do the horrible stuff that they're doing in the game. But again, going back to your point with the, you know, telling the kid not to play the game. I went to a GameStop when I wasn't allowed to play it. Like, I think I was 15 and I wasn't allowed to play, play these games. My mom wouldn't let me. Not to say that she was right or wrong for not letting me play those games, but I wasn't, but I went to this, the GameStop and there was like this six-year-old kid getting gig, uh, Grand Theft Auto and I was just there, oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, mom, why? Why? Please yeah. let me play it. But I, I totally get it and I, I don't understand why this keeps coming up. It, it needs to stop. Stop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, 
moving on to some some quickie news here um, before we get into the topic of the show. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and the Switch on March 26th. So this is actually following Tony Hawk kind of asking for it on, on, on Twitter, hoping that his game would come to more platforms. And Nintendo retweeted with like the little eye emoji, and then the next day, this was announced. So... It's obviously, obviously, it's already available on PS4 and Xbox One and PC, but it coming to more consoles is always good news. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I, I played this on Xbox Series X via backwards compatibility with Xbox One, so I'm just excited to see an upgrade for it, free upgrade. Actually, that's not entirely true. It's not a free upgrade if you don't buy, if you don't own, which this is a sticky situation. If you don't own the premiere edition or i forget what the the higher edition is uh you have to pay ten dollars to get access to the next gen version which it's like yeah whatever Um, but yeah yeah that's a bit icky but yeah Yeah. we'll we'll see (laughs) i mean we 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 have seen that's that's not a good good way to do things guys no but um regardless moving on to our next story another uh well, not another classic, but a classic coming to PS4 on April 6th. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, which is an FPS shooter, is coming to PS4. And it came with a really cool trailer. I have no, I have zero experience with this game, so I don't know how much of a visual upgrade it's gotten, but it didn't look terrible. But um, obviously, a lot of Star Wars fans are happy about this news. Daniel, are you at all interested in Star Wars Republic Commando coming to PS4? Uh, to be honest, I did not even play this before. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a port from a previous gen. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I never played this before, so um, I'm really indifferent about this. I'm a little curious why it's only on PlayStation 4 and Switch. That's just a weird yeah. combo. <laughs> I heard a lot of people saying that it sh- should be on Xbox more than anything, so I, I don't know. Yeah. It's history, but it seems like it being excluded from Xbox is kind of kind of silly, which it, it is whether or not it was on Xbox at all. But yeah, yeah, Shame. it is very, very odd. Uh, just and it, it just doesn't make any sense to be on, you know, the console that came out last gen and the switch. That's such a weird <laughs> I don't know, yeah. a weird combo. And I, I just Googled it real quick. Apparently, it came out in 2005 on Windows and Xbox. So yeah. see, that's that's why people are upset. Yeah. Like it came out on those things. Why? Yeah. Why is it not coming out on those things? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on to our final story before we get into uh, the topic of the show, Valheim is killing it, and it can, has been continuing to kill it since its release just I think last week. Um, the incredible rise of Valheim continues with the game now having passed. 4 million copies sold through Steam Early Access after just 21 days. Sorry, not last week. It's been out for a while. But still, super fast growing. I've seen so many people hop on this train. I don't know if you've joined in on this, Daniel. It's like $20, so I'm definitely looking into it with all the uh, the hype that it's gotten. Yeah. It's attracted over fi- uh, 500,000 concurrent uh, players. I have, so, I have not. Of, no. <laughs> I, I, it's like survivor horror survival not survivor horror but survival games usually aren't my cup of tea i always try them because they look like they would be my cup of tea but i never stick with them yeah. but this one looks like a lot of fun so i i may check it out especially at its price so 
before okay. before you move on, Roro, just a quick uh, thing. So I looked it up. Star Wars Republic Commando is actually backwards compatible on Xbox. Uh, so oh, okay. you can play the original Xbox version okay. of Republic Commando on Xbox One and Series X. And if I had to guess, I don't know this for sure, but if I had to guess, I would assume that it has the 4K enhancements that many original Xbox games got. I don't know that for a fact, I but I would assume it does. And that's why it's not re-releasing because you can just get the original Xbox version. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, there you have it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that, that clears a lot of things up, I'm sure. Yep. Well, moving on to what we're playing and what we're working on before we get to the topic of the show. Yes. Right now, I am just working on the website, thankyougames.com, doing my podcast and writing a, as much as I can about video games, one of which I am writing about right now is Bravery Network Online, which I'm moving into the games I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, Bravery Network Online is a turn-based RPG that's in early access on Steam right now. And it's really fun. Like The, the combat is simple, but it also has pretty deep mechanics that you would expect from any turn-based RPG um, that has a turn-based battle system. There's like the weak, the weak points, and it's, it has a lot of interesting elements to it that make it unique like um there's status ailments that are a little bit different than what you expect like uh, there's emotional attacks for example mm. where you can make your enemy feel hung- hungry like you can send them a lunch invite and when they feel <laughs> hungry they get increasingly more hungry and that takes off a chunk of their health at the end of each turn there's another one where I ran into a group of fans that were on the enemy team and obviously them being a group of fans, they're not actual fighters. When I attacked them, I was inflicted with a status ailment called guilt. So when I defeated them, I was also defeated because I felt guilty for defeating them. So there's some really cool modes in there and and status effects that make it very interesting to play. Um, But besides that, I'm playing Persona 5 Strikers, loving that. I'm sure you guys know, I might have mentioned it before, I love Persona, love Persona 5. It's just more Persona, which I wasn't expecting, actually. It's like pretty much just a Persona 5 game with a different type of gameplay. So I'm really enjoying that. And Animal Crossing New Horizons, you may have seen, Daniel, that I restarted my island. I erased everything. I killed all my villagers. I just nuked the whole place. And I'm actually having a blast going back through it. Um, starting over, obviously, the beginning is a bit rough with uh, all the tutorials, especially having so much, so many hours under my, under my, underneath my belt. I know how this game works. Just having to do it all over again kind of sucked. But I'm having a lot of fun rebuilding it from the ground up again. But that's pretty much all I've been playing. Surprisingly, no Destiny this week. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, I did see your tweet with the image of Animal Crossing, and I was like, I wonder if that means he created a new island, because I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, but I bet that he created a new island, and you did. I did. There you go. Uh, and also that, that game, just, uh, the bravery network online that gave me an idea of my, a game of my own. You just feed other, your opponents with, uh, with restaurants that are just like bad for you. And it just like, <laughs> it gives them cardiac arrest and it gives them like, oh I don't know, dive, I don't know, all kinds of bad stuff. And then you, <laughs> went, I just got this terrible idea in my head. So yeah, that's. I'm sure there's like some crazy status ailments that I haven't run into that probably are like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm uh, excited to, to get deeper into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been playing. 
Master Chief Collection still a lot, so I, I won't discuss that anymore. But uh, uh, I, one thing I did play last night that I wanted to highlight is I played MLB The Show technical tests. So it's an early like technical build of MLB The Show on Xbox, on Xbox Series X, which is insane. Uh, I know we talked about this when they announced it coming to Xbox, but it's just such a weird experience to boot up this technical test and Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment coming up on the screen and you're playing on Xbox. It's just so bizarre, um, but it's very good. Uh, it looks very good. Uh, so it looks like they did a great job with the port, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I am going to get it because it's been many years since I've played a baseball game. Um, and I do love, uh, my hometown baseball team, the Reds go Reds, uh, (laughs) even though they suck. Uh, but (laughs) it'll be very cool to actually jump back in, uh, into the show on Xbox this time instead of PlayStation. So it's kind of, kind of neat. Nice. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I am excited to hopefully play more animal crossing later yeah. as i'm sure you're excited to play some more at master chief later <laughs> yeah but moving on to our topic of the show finally we're talking about all the playstation news that came out this week and what is hopefully to come tomorrow hmm. but starting with a little one more ps playstation games playstation exclusive games are coming to the pc starting with days gone so, an interview with GQ, Jim Ryan, CEO of uh, Sony Interactive, confirms that more PlayStation games are coming to PC, starting with Days Gone, as I just said. When asked by the interviewer, Robert Ledman, whether releasing Horizon Zero Dawn was a, on PC last August was a success, Jim Ryan responded positively. Uh, people liked it, and they bought it, Ryan says. We also looked at it through the lens of what PlayStation, what the PlayStation community thought about it. There was no massive adverse reaction to it, so we will continue to make to take mission steps in this direction. Um, so he also says there's a whole slate of PlayStation games coming to PC, again, starting with Days Gone in the spring. So what one thing from the quote that I don't necessarily agree with is that the PlayStation didn't have PlayStation audience didn't have an adverse reaction to it, which yeah. I feel like every every time they announce a game is coming to PC, the fanboys get very upset for yes. whatever reason. Yes. But um, I, I, I think it's great having it on PC is obviously, I don't understand how that could be bad news in any mm. any way you take it. But um, what do you think about this news? What else do you think is coming, hopefully, to PC? Yeah, uh, I think the, the fanboys' reaction is no different than the Xbox fanboys' reaction when uh, Microsoft first started, when they first started their initiative on PC, mm-hmm. which was before Game Pass and before um, all their initiatives they have going now, where they had uh, the Play Anywhere thing where uh, you bought it on Xbox and you would also own it on 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 PC as well. And I know a lot of fanboys were upset about Phil Spencer announcing that all exclusives would be coming to PC as well in the future. And fanboys were like, oh my gosh, this is awful. It's the end of Xbox and all this. It's like, no, this is only good thing. It's It means more people are playing these games. And it also means like if you own a PC, you're in a great position because you can play all the games essentially uh and maybe not all of them because i think that in regards to this i think that playstation is definitely going to hold back stuff i don't think that they're going to release their big tentpole stuff on pc or at least not yet 
um, like Spider-Man, like God of War, like Last of Us. I don't think that those will come soon. Maybe down the line they'll be like, okay, maybe we we could actually make a lot more money by doing this. Um, but I think for now they like having those exclusives on their console to bring people into their ecosystem uh, to make people buy their hardware. Um, but I do think stuff like Days Gone uh, and and other things that we've already seen, like um, I know Horizon is on there, which you would think Horizon's a big temple, but that's a brand new franchise. So it's not as, you know, it's not as big as a, a God of War or, you know, Last of Us or Uncharted or that kind of thing. Um, so I definitely think we'll continue to see stuff like that. And maybe what they'll do moving forward is like new IP they'll they will release on PlayStation Five and PC um, because obviously whenever you release a new IP that's a scary time because you are releasing to a very small group of people already and you have people that have never even played this franchise so they they may not be as interested in it because they've never played it before. Um, so you put it on more platforms to get more eyes on it and more people interested in it. So, yeah, I, I, like you were saying, like, I don't understand how this could be seen as a bad thing in, in any shape or form. And, and even for the company itself, like you said that Microsoft fans saw like, oh no, this is the end of, end of Xbox. Like this is still money in their pocket. Yeah. If anything, they're, they're, they're benefiting from it a, a, a lot. Like getting, like you said, getting more money and also getting more people to come over, hopefully, to their platforms to play the sequels and whatever else and other games that aren't on PC yet. The day The Last of Us, though, or Spider Man or Uncharted or any of those games ends up on PC is the day that my, my head explodes. I would like my, that would be insane. That would be so mm. crazy. But I, I, I do think that they're going to continue to be a bit more specific in what they choose. Like Days Gone isn't super surprising. Horizon, like you said, new IP. Death Stranding is another one. Mm. The, yeah, but the, if The Last of Us comes to PC, that'll be crazy. And I, I would be here for it, but that'll be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. But moving on to our next uh, story, PlayStation VR 2 has been announced. Sony confirms next-gen VR system for PlayStation 5, which is something that was kind of up in the air for, for a lot of fans. We're wondering, are we going to get a, a new headset? Apparently we are. Enhances everything. <laughs> Single cord connection. New VR controller included DualSense features. Won't launch in 2021, however. Then this next-gen VR system will offer better resolution, field of view, tracking, and input, uh, and will allow high-fidelity visuals. Developers apparently are already uh, start, have have begun creating new worlds for VR, yeah. according to PlayStation. So it's it's underway. PlayStation VR 2 is a thing, but we won't be seeing it anytime soon, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think we're hearing Sean Babiak just yell oh. with excitement somewhere <laughs> right now because <laughs> because uh, he was very much looking forward to this and he has a uh, current P- PlayStation VR. So uh, and I think the biggest thing is we no longer have PlayStation 3 move controllers as the main controllers for <laughs> VR. It's like, oh. I think he'll be excited about that as well. Although he has about 12 move controllers because I gave him all of mine. I'm like, I don't need these, so take them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I think it's a it's big upgrade for sure. Um, I probably won't get it just because I have a Quest already and it's already versatile. I can play stuff on it uh, standalone or I can plug it into my PC and play 
more high fidelity experiences. So uh, unless there's something exclusive that like I have to play, I probably won't dive in. But um, does this kind of pique your interest at all? I'm curious. Um, it. I'm definitely happy that when I do get a, a PlayStation 5, whenever that may be, PSVR isn't in its future for sure. I'm definitely excited about that because it's, it's definitely something that I want to get into. Um, it being affordable for me is another question, but I'm sure PlayStation has been the most affordable option aside from the quest. Actually, one of the ones that the one that you just mentioned yeah. is, is a pretty good entry point as well. But uh, I think what a lot of people are saying is that it's it's good enough. And that's mm. really all it needs to be for me as well. And for the price, I just want to get into some VR experiences. So it is definitely something that piques my interest and in it being a better experience with just the one chord with how it is now with all those it's, it's like too it's many chords too for many what chords. it is right, right now so it's, it's good that they're definitely optimizing the experience for for players so i'm definitely interested i, I don't know how sorry i have a dog jumping on my oh. sorry <laughs> no, it's okay um but yeah I'm, I'm definitely excited but it'll be quite some time until i have it uh, before it's released let alone when I'll be able to pick it up myself, but definitely excited and happy that it's coming to the PS5. Uh, but moving on to our next story here, PlayStation's Play at Home initiative is back. Ratchet and Clank PS4 is to be available for free from March to, from March 1st to March 31st, so very soon. Um, once you redeem the game, it'll be yours to keep. Uh, more to come in the future. So this Play at Home initiative has returned. It's something that uh, they've done in the past. And they're going to be bringing free games to players just because, which is awesome. Uh, they definitely have been saying that the COVID-19 pandemic gamer is something that they want to cater to. Uh, the people that are playing at home because they can't leave their home. So they're offering us with uh, some free games. They, I think they did Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection at one point. So it's it's really cool that they're, that they're bringing this back. Yes. Yes, and it's perfect timing because the new game's coming here in just a few months. So, like, anyone who hasn't played this, now they can play it. It's perfect, perfect. It's very smart on Sony's behalf because it's like they're essentially saying, here you go, here's the game. Uh, why don't you buy the sequel that comes out here in a few months? <laughs> so Yeah, definitely. And, and along with this, uh, they also announced uh, their friends at Funimation are kicking in with a very special offer, extended access for new Express subscribers to Funimation and Wakanim, I'm not sure what that is, in the countries they are available. So get some free anime on top of your free game, which is fantastic for me. (laughs) Um, But moving on to the next story, which is a pretty big one. State of Play is coming back tomorrow, February 25th. I'm reading from their blog post here. Time for another State of Play. This Thursday, a State of Play broadcast will serve up new updates and deep dives for 10 games uh, coming to PS4 and PS5. That I didn't even realize. I don't know. I, I didn't read the blog post. I just read the the Twitter, the Twitter thing. So ten games from PS coming to PS4 and PS5, including new game announcements and updates uh, on some third party and indie titles uh, you last saw in June's PS5 showcase. Uh, the show time is going to run for about thirty minutes, give or take, is what he says. So that's what we can expect for how long the show is going to be. Obviously, you can find it on Twitch. And YouTube coming to you at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, super exciting stuff. I I don't know. I honestly don't know what ex- what to expect. I'm kind of going in with 
very low expectations, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get some God of War stuff. Who knows? I, I think we'll definitely see Returnal, and I think we'll definitely see more Ratchet and Clank. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is, what are they going to show something that's like a surprise, or are they going to show uh, possibly more Horizon uh, Forbidden West, or like you said, God of War Ragnarok? But my my thing is, is I think God of War is still a long way away. Uh, I think it's still going to be 2022 or like, you know, possibly quarter two 2022. And I think Forbidden West is still on track for this fall. I have a dog jumping at, up at me right now. Uh, I'm trying to hold him back. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that Forbidden West is a possibility that we may get like maybe a little sneak peek um, of some gameplay or something from that. I think that would be awesome. Um, I'm not sure what else they would have to be honest to show, but, uh, a, a surprise would be cool too. Uh, yeah. do you have any ideas? What you? I, I, I think we're going to see, like you said, Returnal. I hope that we see some more Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which Ooh. is something they did mention that some returning stuff from the last one, they, we may see some more of. So I hope we do see more of that. Hmm. Um, Final Fantasy 16. Maybe they show off a little bit more of that. I know some people are hoping Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is shown off. I I I don't know about that, but no. that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be crazy. But I don't I don't think we're quite there yet. But maybe we get a little bit more of the Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, but besides that, I I really don't know. I, I'm hoping Horizon Zero Dawn uh, two gameplay finally get uh, a look at that. But besides that, I'm 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 pretty like open to whatever they're they're going to show me. I I really am going in with an uh, open mind, and I'm excited to see what what they show us for for sure. Yes, I agree completely. Well, that some that 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 wraps it up. Is there anything you would like to add, Daniel? Before uh, I do the outro, uh, just that uh, you know, take in this view because. Uh, Next week, I will be in my bedroom because uh, I'm getting some flooring installed uh, on my main floor here. So I have to clear all my furniture out of here and put it in the garage because uh, next week, well, next week I have to paint because I wanted to paint while there's no flooring in here and this dog is going crazy. Uh, and then the week after they're installing flooring. So a couple weeks, I'm going to be in my bedroom for the podcast. So new scenery. Yeah. New scenery, new setup. We'd love to see it. We'll, we, we'll love to see it. Yes. Uh, that's exciting stuff, everybody. We get to see Daniel's bedroom. That's creepy <laughs> as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the exciting things you get to see. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Moving on to the outro. Let's close it out here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us both live on Twitch and on YouTube, as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and Stitcher. You can catch us here live on Twitch and on YouTube every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But until then, thank you, Daniel, and later will be great. Much love.